Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, it is I, your friendly neighborhood moviegoer, John L., and I'm back at it again with another review of another movie. This time around, folks, I want to talk about a wonderful film I watched recently called The Holdovers. The Holdovers, folks, according to the director of the film, Alexander Payne, was not meant to be an all-around, feel-good holiday movie. But if some of you don't know, or if some of you do know, once you make art, it is out there to be interpreted by whomever, whenever. You might have meant it to be one thing, but once you... uh, set it free, and let the world have it. Uh, The world does what it wants with it. And to be quite honest, even though Alexander Payne intended for this movie to be a little bit uh, deeper, more cynical view of the world around us and the differentiation between the haves and the have-nots. This ended up being a movie that made me rethink my overall perspective on holiday films. Uh, The reason as to why I say that is because at the age of 39, which I am now, I've never been a proponent of holiday films, any holiday, um, either officially on the calendar or Hallmark made. Never been a proponent of holiday movies. Um, outside of like, probably like the Charlie Brown stuff, but those made for TV cartoon, peanut stuff. It was made for kids, even though it had a lot of existential life stuff in it. But um, that's probably the only holiday fair I ever stuck to outside of the Christmas story and whatnot. Outside of those two properties, nothing else ever really called my attention. No, I didn't consider... Die Hard, a Christmas movie. Um, Home Alone, I would only watch when it was on. It never really tickled my fancy. The National Lampoon stuff, nah. (laughs) Any other Christmas-related stuff, Halloween-related things. Um, Thanksgiving. uh, Religious-based Passover slash Easter stuff. Like, none of it really worked for me. Um, so to say that The Holdovers uh, is a new, from my personal opinion, is a new holiday classic, is to say a lot. What is The Holdovers, you ask? It is a movie that stars uh, Paul Giamatti. Um, who else do we have on the cast here? Uh, Dominic Sessa, who plays Angus. 
uh, Mary Lamb, um, who is played by uh, Divine Joy Randolph, and a supporting cast of countless others who made this movie a memorable, memorable experience um, at the movie theater. I went to my local AMC at uh, Lincoln Square here in Manhattan in New York to watch this. Took a couple of flicks of the um, the big window display they had of the movie poster and a scene in the movie. And then they had a cardboard cutout of the actual movie poster um, next to the, one of the elevators on um, one of the floors. Um, Lincoln Square does a good job of promoting the films and having like special promotional stuff, be it uh, some original costumes sometimes, meet and greets on um, on like uh, release days. They have their own personal red carpet nights and stuff where some of the stars of the movies come out. So Lincoln Square is very well known for that. Um, so I always look forward to going to that particular theater a lot because I end up taking in a lot of the extra stuff. As a matter of fact, the weekend before, when they did the early screenings for Holdovers, they had a t-shirt giveaway for the Holdovers um, having to do uh, with the movie as well. Props to everybody who got to get those free t-shirts. I made it to watch the movie a weekend afterwards. <laughs> So I wasn't uh, able to get those t-shirts, but I did buy one off of the Focus t Focus Features website. So there's that. Uh, on to the movie, The Holdovers, uh, from acclaimed directorial Alexander Payne. Uh, it follows a curmudgeonly instructor, played by John Paul Giamatti, at a New England prep school, uh, Spartan school for boys uh, who become men. Who is forced to remain on campus during Christmas break to babysit the handful of students with nowhere to go. Eventually, he forms an unlikely bond with one of the damaged, rainy troublemaker, newcomer Dominic Sessa, who plays Angus Tully, and with the school's head cook, who has just lost a son in Vietnam. The head cook, uh, whose name is Mary, is played by Divine Joy Randolph. Folks, when I tell you that the movie, the director, the cinematographer, uh, the editor, the staff behind the visuals, they did their best to make sure that this movie felt like it came right out of the 1970s. Based in the 70s, specifically the year of 1970, going into 1971, the movie felt that way. It played that way, sounded that way, looked that way. They did a terrific job being able to get that off and give you that feel. This isn't going to be a longer episode of the pod. I thought the movie was terrific. I thought it was heartfelt. I thought the comedy in it was fantastic. The sarcasm in it. Uh, I relate to a lot because that's genuinely what's in my 
own character, the levels of harsh <laughs> sarcasm that was used as comedy in this movie, um, I related to a lot. Uh, the heartfelt part of the story obviously comes from the part of the kids who had to be held over in the school. First, it was a group of like, I want to say six or seven kids for like a good part of the movie. And then eventually, one of the kids' dads, who's like this rich millionaire, Barton School for Boys, um, the school that's being um, portrayed here. Um, by majority of the boys who go to this school have parents who are well off. And mentioning the part that one of the boys who was being held over, his father is this millionaire playboy who ended up picking up his son in a helicopter. His son was able to then convince his father to take the rest of the kids who were being held over up to this um I believe it was a ski lodge somewhere where they can all go on vacation and stuff like that little part of the plot there was is that obviously these are all underage kids high school age they had to ask their parents for permission in, or in order to be able to go on this ski vacation the majority of the kids got the go-to like hey you can go on this vacation with this kid you just met <laughs> and his father um because he's covering all the expenses this one particular kid the main protagonist kid angus played by dominic sessa his parents couldn't be reached so unfortunately he was stuck behind and had to be left there with this curmudgeonly professor teacher, Mr. Paul Hunnam, played by Paul Giamatti. And more comedy ensued, more heartstrings were pulled because you got to know more, not only about uh, Mr. Hunnam and his past, how he became a teacher, um, his history with the school at Barton, you also got to know more about Mary, the the school cook, um, the unfortunate incident that happened where she lost her son during Vietnam. Her son was a student at Bart as well. Um, she's always saved her money, put her money on the side to make sure that her son had the best. And unfortunately had passed away in Vietnam. And then there was Angus whose whose situation was a bit tricky um, during the interplay with Paul and Angus with Mr. Hunnam and Angus uh, they were finding out a lot about each other and ultimately at first Angus had told Mr. Hunnam that his father had passed away and that the person who was paying for his schooling was his stepfather um, which was at that point in time 
a defense mechanism for Angus because he didn't want to tell Mr. Hunnam the truth about his father. We come then to find out that Angus's father is not dead. Uh, he was admitted to a psychiatric ward at a psychiatric hospital and he had to be separated from his family due to his mental condition and um, they never indicated he was violent so I want to say um, just unforeseen outbursts and things of that nature I think they indicated he was violent at one point which is why they had he had to be taken away um, but that's as far as they got at one point And also, during the meat of the movie, you know, you still got teenage shenanigans from all the younger cast members and stuff like that before they went on their uh, ski lodge trip and stuff like that. And how kids in their teenage years talk to one another, treat adults, uh, you know, hormonal boys uh, wanting to... You know, get with girls and stuff like that. We go through a a little episode there with Angus when he went to a Christmas party uh, that they were invited to while uh, on holdover by one of the female teachers at the school and stuff like that. And Angus was able to have some play there <laughs> with the young lady. And it just played for good comedic and lighthearted moments. Um, the reason as to why I think this is good Christmas fair uh, is because ultimately, uh, or holiday fair, should I say, because ultimately uh, folks believe that the holidays are meant to be spent uh, with people that they care about the most. Um, but some of us, or a lot of us, really forget that some folks don't have that. So for them, being able to find a tribe, let's say, or someone that can lend them, uh, not a helping hand, but more or less just common ground, some understanding, um, during those times, does a lot for somebody who's missing family or doesn't have family or doesn't connect with their own family which was Angus's case he doesn't connect well with his mother doesn't like his stepfather his dad's in a mental institution so he's on his own basically and that wit and, and, and deep seated sarcasm that he uses as a defense mechanism is exactly that. Um, he always has his guard up and he doesn't let anybody in because he always feels he has to be um, the man in the situation, quote unquote. But if there was one thing that I took away from this movie outside of like it being new heartfelt holiday fair for me, 
and a movie I would rewatch over and over and over again is something that Paul Giamatti's character said at the beginning of the movie that he got into teaching to have an effect on young people's lives to help change lives and roundabout being fair play by the end of the movie um, Mr. Giamatti's character Mr. Bunham, Mr. Hunnam um, with all the antics that happened and took place during the movie and stuff like that uh, essentially got fired from the school uh, basically for covering for Angus and going to see his father at the psychiatric ward eventually which is how we find out where Angus's father was um, and that was against um, school policy and Mr. Hunnam uh, got fired for that but even though he got fired for that action I feel that how he was able to impart some wisdom on Angus um, let Angus into his world and let Angus know that no one's perfect not even the teachers are not your parents are things of that nature and even adults lie because Barton men <laughs> weren't supposed to lie <laughs> um, because everybody wants to put on a brave face or they want other people to believe or perceive that they live a life that they really don't, right? Uh, from my time and era, that's called faking the funk. Um, just not being who you really are. And um, at the end of the day, after Mr. Hunnam got fired and he did what he did for Angus, I felt like he was able to make that change he was able to impart that wisdom and help this young man uh, through a tough time and help him make it out the other side um, and it was took all of two weeks to do that was the message that I took away from the movie. You never necessarily know where help is going to come from. As a matter of fact, Angus hated Mr. Hunnam. He told Mr. Hunnam, which plays in the trailer, that no one likes him. The students don't like him. The faculty don't like him. The staff doesn't like him. And uh, Mr. Hunnam didn't give a crap. He said that the world is a is a he basically it's just to paraphrase, he said that the world is a shitty place and he's cynical of it all. So he doesn't really give a crap if anybody likes him or not. But even with that and spending this time with the young man and Mary I want to mention Mary because she was such an important part of putting the pieces together of being able to 
get Mr. Hunnam and Angus to socialize with one another, understand one another, because she was she was the bridge, she was the tying force. Um, because of the harsh reality of her world at that time, losing a son, um, Angus showed care towards Marion. Mr. Hunnam showed care towards Marion. So for Mary, they felt like they had to uh, come together and get along, even though <laughs> they would have some real snide things to say to one another. But ultimately, it ended up in a place where Mr. Hunnam made the difference that he always wanted to make in a young person's life. And in my belief, just in the characterization, characterization of Mary, without Mary being there, I don't think that would have happened in the movie. So she was a necessary part of that film. Um, a lot of emotional uh, points that would hit with her, um, especially the scene uh, during the Christmas party where she had a little bit too much to drink and they had to hold her down and get her out of there before she made uh, more mess of things. Uh, but she was, you know, going through her grief and understanding that grief and understanding that that loss and someone not being there being that they were all held over and they didn't have anybody else but each other made them come together through her grief through Angus's grief really as well because he lost his father in the figurative sense but not in the physical sense and Mr. Hunnam living with a lot of different things. Um, he talked about growing up in an abusive household. Um, also, um, just the the grief of not being able to live up to his own standards and potential. So, a lot of people living through downtrodden times. So, by the end of this movie lift each other up uh, to me was a beautiful thing and I think they created their own tribe for that short period of time in order uh, to move forward in life the movie ends uh, with Mr. Hunnam leaving uh, the campus of the Barton Boys School and the hope that he would be able to write his book and do different things with his life. There was no post-credit-like explanation as to what happened with Mr. Hunnam or Mary or Angus, like what used to happen in a lot of different uh, films in the 70s and the 80s, where the film would go to black, but then you would read like 
short blurbs about what happened to specific characters. Uh, I'm now remembering the movie Remember Remember the Titans, where that happened at the end of the movie. But that didn't happen here. Uh, that did not happen. Uh, we just ended the movie with Mr. Hunnam driving off with, ho- with new hope. Uh, Angus walking away with new hope. Um, and trusting people. And Mary walking away with new hope. Um, after or continue continuing to manage her grief but letting uh, new and positive things into her life so with that being said folks I went on (laughs) for longer than I thought I would uh, about this movie Uh, this definitely gets the YFNMG stamp of approval. I recommend it to everybody. It's going to be in theaters, hopefully through the end of the year. The holdovers, go watch it, folks. Whatever theater it might be in, um, I recommend it to all of y'all, man. To end off this episode for this movie, let's just see as to what the folks... And Rotten Tomatoes is talking about. And if you don't know, you'll know now. Here's the basic breakdown of the movie. It is rated R. Its runtime is 2 hours and 13 minutes. This is a focused features film, uh, which is distributed by Universal. Um, and it was released in theaters uh, wide two days ago, November 10th. But it was actually started as early screenings on October 26th, if I'm not mistaken. The critics at 188 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes certified this is fresh with a 96%. And then the audience score with 250 plus verified ratings. That means that all of those um, movie viewers actually saw the movie is at a 91%. So folks, the masses have talked. The people are speaking. The Holdovers is a movie to watch. So with that said and everything down, this is another episode, folks. Please do follow me on the social media platforms, be it Twitter slash X, Instagram, Threads, TikTok, or Facebook at John L Y F N M G. That is me. That is me. Leave your comments on my posts. Uh, click the like button. Follow me on whatever podcasting platforms you like to use, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Audible, Amazon Music, Pandora, you name it, I'm on there. <laughs> John L., your friendly neighborhood moviegoer. John L. YFNMG on the social medias. 
was out for me, folks. I'm trying to get to posting on a more frequent basis. I think I've thought up of a rhythm here that might keep me uh, on the algorithm. So as always, I appreciate y'all for listening to my musings. Thank you as always. And on to the next one. Until next time. Be well, folks. And stay safe out there.